Good morning, 1115. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us here this morning as we're in this series called Change for Good. And our goal for you this this year is to, to change for good. Like, we want you to be better in life, but we also want you to have some lasting and impact change. We kind of did a wordplay there. It didn't work very well, but it was it was a lot of fun coming up with it. And, and so, last week, we, we dove into the series and we began it. And we talked about the fact that in the beginning of the year, there's, for some reason, there's this gravitational pull in the beginning of the year to think, man, I want this year to be different than last year. I want to make some huge changes, some monumental changes that are going to absolutely transform my life. And so we set out with some goals and some agendas and some lists of what our life is going to look like in 2015 uh, that's going to be different than it was in 2014, 13, 12, maybe 2001. And we have all these ideas and these perceptions of what that's going to look like. And for a lot of us, what we do is, is, is we go and we find somebody who is living out the goals and the dreams that we have for our life. Uh, we go find somebody that's, that's really in shape and we go, oh man, I want to be them. And we find somebody with a career that we're longing for and we're like, oh man, if I could just be like that. And we start looking at their lives and going, wow, in order for my life to be where their life is, there is going to be have to have to be some drastic, drastic changes in my life for me to accomplish that goal. And, and it seems very overwhelming. And before long, most people, as we talked about last week, give up on their their dreams pretty dang quickly. I mean, it's just a, a reality is that because the the achievement when looking at the finished product seems so drastic and so big that instead of even going after anything, we just give up. And we talked about this idea that's really the theme throughout this series is, is that a lot of times we look at that and we say, man, I'd have to make so much change and we just do nothing. But most successful people have often found that it's, it's often the small things that no one sees in life that result in the big things that everybody wants in life. It's often the small things that, that happen on a daily basis that might not seem that, in, that significant in and of themselves, but it's those things compounded over time that lead to the really, really big results that we all want in our life. And for a lot of us, what happens is, is we look at that and we go, oh man, I'll never be able to achieve that. But if we would just start doing something small today, we would see that maybe a year or two or three years from now, we would be living out the results that we've always dreamed of. I, I put it like this. It's often the small tweaks in our life, the small little adjustments that we make that lead us to the giant peaks that we all want to achieve in life. And if this year we'll make some small tweaks to our life, we'll achieve some giant peaks of God. And so I believe that this year is going to be a time where we, we, where you start to move towards some of those areas in our lives. Now, last week, I gave you all some homework. I know that this is church, but we meet in a school so we can give homework. And, and so last week, I asked you guys to go home and to pray. And, and you had one assignment for the entire week, and that's to ask God to give you a word for this year. Like, what is the word that I want this year to be defined by? And, um, and go Google a scripture or read your Bible which I, I encourage you to read your Bible, or you could use Google, uh, and find a scripture that correlates with that that you could stand on. How many of y'all did, did your homework? 
How many? Raise your hands. Okay, this service did a little bit better than the other services. Um, good job. For, the, for those of y'all that weren't here last week, listen, you're off the hook. You didn't have to do the homework because you didn't even know about it. I'm going to give you some homework this week so you won't feel left out. Um, for those of y'all that were here last week and didn't do the homework, I'm going to go ahead and just give you a word. Is that cool? Like, I'll just give you your word because you were too lazy to go and do it. And so your word for this year is procrastination. <laughs> It sucks to be you. Uh, and so uh, we will pray for you and ask God to help you throughout this year because it's going to be a long year. But I, I think that when we get this thought from God, when we get this, this word from God, and I believe that God wants to speak to every single one of us. I, I believe that with all of my heart, the Bible tells me that, that God is seeking after us and wants to talk to us and know us, that it will help us define what this year of our life is. is and and what will happen is because we have this year, uh, when we have this word is when things are coming our our way to deal with this, we won't try to reject those things, but we'll embrace those things because we know that God is at the center of that, and he's trying to do a work in all of our lives. And so I really want us to be focused in this church. I really want us to get focused on seeking after God this year, because I believe that when we seek after God, he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And I believe that God wants to do some things in your life. He wants to add some things to your life. He wants this to be the best year ever, but that's going to require some things from you and I. And so we talked about last week that there is a pattern that all of us are in in our life, whether we realize it or not. And, and here's the deal. You need to know that there is a pattern that you are following in your life. Some of you are wondering why you, your life is not any different from the last year. It's because you're doing the same things over and over again, and you're expecting different results. We call that cray-cray, okay? That's what you are. You're thinking something's going to be different. It's not, but you got to understand the pattern that you're in because the patterns that you're living in are going to determine the destination that you have in life. And so last week we started off and we talked about this pattern that we all have. And it starts like this. The thoughts that come into our mind eventually lead to the words that we speak. And the words that we speak lead to the actions that we take. And the actions that we take form the habits that are in our life. And our habits will eventually take us to our destiny. Now, y'all need to get this because this is important. This is an important thing. This is the pattern that every single one of us are in in our lives. Whether we realize it, like it, want it, we are in it. And it's the fact that there are thoughts coming into our mind every single day and how we process those thoughts and what we do with those thoughts. If we dwell on those thoughts, those thoughts will eventually become the words that we speak and the words that we speak will become the actions that we take and the actions that we take will become the habits that we live with and the habits that we have in our life are going to lead us to our destiny. And if you don't like where you're going, then you need to reverse that process and find out what is the problem in the beginning. And that's exactly what we're going to dive in and talk about today. And, and over the next couple of weeks, this week we're going to talk about our thoughts. Next week we're going to talk about our words. And we're going to talk about our, our, our habits. We're going to talk about our relationships. How all these things intertwine to help us become the person that everybody wants to be in life. Who God wants us to be. And it's so important that we understand that it all begins and ends with our thought life. In fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The Bible tells us the way that we think about ourselves and the perspective that we have of our life is leading us in the direction of our life. I wrote it in your notes like this. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
Your life is moving in the direction of the strongest thoughts that you have. This is, I know this to be true because how many of you all have ever gone and bought a new car? Anybody bought a new car or new to you, okay? You know when you buy a new car, you always think to yourself like, man, I haven't seen this car anywhere until you buy that car. And once you buy that car and you're out on the road and you're thinking like, I'm all that in a bag of chips, like you got that gangster leaning there, leaning back, got the windows down, wind flowing through your bald head, you know, just lean back, lean back. You know, like you're... You look around and everybody's got the same rod as you. It's not cool anymore. Because all of a sudden, that's what you're focusing on. I, I learned this the, the hard way. Uh, we just got through with a season of fasting. And uh, when we were fasting, my wife has like a one-track mind. And her, the track of her mind runs from sleep to food back to sleep. And so uh, we started this fast and, and within there's a rule in our house is that Shayla you can't talk about food while we're fasting. We're not eating so let's not talk about food. If you want to think about food you can think about food. And so we get through about two days and before long Shayla's like you know what I really want to do? And I'm like what babe? And she's like I really want to go to Brew's room and get some wings. I'm like, it's day two. We got like 19 more days. Hold that thought. Like, why don't you write that down so you can just like let go of that and we'll move on. And so, and so what she did is, is over the next couple of days, she started making a list of everywhere she wanted to eat. <laughs> and every day she would come back to me and, 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 and she might in this situation, and please don't mis- misunderstand this, she's like literally the devil because every day she's trying to entice me to go to the bruise room. She's like, do you think we fasted long enough? Do you think God has spoken enough to us? Because I really want some wings, like every day. And, and, and so constantly, I really believe that my wife's spiritual gift is eating, like straight up. If there's a spiritual gift of eating, she has got it accomplished. And, and, and she's not a big girl. She weighs like 110 pounds of solid muscle. It's like, where does all that food go? People that are fat like me hate you, okay? Like we just do. But her predominant thought was wings from bruise room. So all she thought about the entire time was wings from bruise room. So you know what we did first meal? You know where we went? Bruise room. Okay, like three of you are paying attention. Awesome, awesome. Like we're connecting. We're right here right now. We went to bruise room. And let me tell you something. When you put your focus on something, uh, the Bible has something to say about this. It says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Or in this case, your thoughts will give you runs in life. (laughs) Bruise room after fasting runs. Okay, like the Bible's talking about it right there. TMI. I know, it's TMI, TMI. This is church. We need to be honest, you know. I just just feel so open and vulnerable right now. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Third service. I say whatever I want at this. See, you guys picked the, let me just go off on a tangent right here. Y'all picked the right service because I say whatever I feel like at this service. Every other service, I'm under a time constraint. They're like ticking down the clock. Like this, I just don't care. I don't care if you want to go to Piccadilly after this. I'm talking until my heart is full. Uh, Yeah, this section over here is excited about that because they ate breakfast. The rest of us are like, you need to hurry up, preacher. I got places to be. Uh, Chick-fil-A is not open. It's okay. You can sit here for a little bit. Your life is always running in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And if you were to take a step back from that, you know that that is true. It's always running towards that because you know that the old saying, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. It's true. 
If you think like, oh, nobody likes me and I'll never have any friends, you know what? There's a good possibility you're probably not going to have any friends and no one's going to like you. If you think to yourself all the time, I'm never going to get a better job and it's going to be stuck in this dead-end job, you know what? You're probably going to be stuck in a dead-end job for the rest of your life. If you're like, I'm always going to be broke, you know what? You're probably going to be, you're probably always going to be broke. But if you switch the mindset there and go, you know what? I, I believe that God is my provider and if I work hard, he'll give me all that I need according to his riches and glory. And all of a sudden you start switching the mindset and you start saying, man, if I be a friend to other people, people will probably be friendly to me. And all of a sudden you start having relationships. You start saying, man, there are opportunities all around. And you start opening your eyes and opportunities are popping up like left and right all around your life. If you'll just open up your life to them, because whatever you're thinking about determines the direction of your life. So in your notes today, I, I put in there a little thought life test. And so I thought it'd be really interesting for us to evaluate our thought life. I realize that some of y'all are overachievers and started your test. Stop it. You're probably doing it wrong. I haven't given you directions. There's not directions in your notes. Obey directions, okay? So we're going to do this little thought test, and, and what I want to do is I want to explain each side. There's, there's a, a left side and there's a right side, uh, some thoughts that, that the world's constantly telling us, and then thoughts God, God says that we should be kind of thinking. And I want us just to be really, really honest. You don't have to share this with your neighbor or your spouse or the person you don't know to your left or your right. I just want you to be honest with yourself and say, where am I on this scale? Where do I fall? Am I like a one, which means that I'm, I'm totally towards um, the side of being negative and all that kind of stuff? Or am I more towards the side of being peaceful and, and whatnot? And so 10 being like, I'm perfect at this. I'm always at peace. Or I'm always thinking eternal thoughts. Or I'm, I'm always, always positive about everything. And so the first test is, is, am I worried about things? Or am I peaceful? Am I worried about things? Are you constantly worrying about like, how are my kids going to do in school? Are they going to be able to make friends? Are they going to be able to get the grades that they need to make? Are you worried about your finances and wondering if there's going to be more month than there is money and how you're going to pay your next bill and how you're going to be able to afford this and that? Are you worried about your cat that ran away at Christmas, which is, is a real worry because that cat might come back and who wants that? Like don't, like seriously, cats probably are going straight to hell when they die. I'm just telling you that right now, cat lovers. Uh, I apologize. We'll pray for you after service, but there's not a lot of hope for those cats. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't really know what, what's up with cats, though, but I, I don't like them. And so, <laughs> it's, it's clear in this message. Um, maybe you're the opposite of that scale. Maybe, maybe you live in, in this peaceful state because you know that you're trusting God with your kids and you're, you're trusting God with your finances. In fact, if you were to lose your job today, you wouldn't be worried because you know that God is in complete and total control. And so you're constantly walking around in the state of peace and just knowing that no matter what circumstances may come your way, your circumstances don't impact how you react in life and how you feel in life because how you feel in life is determined by the attitude and the connection you have with God. And so go kind of rate yourself. The second one there is, is negative or positive, positive. Maybe some of you all fall on the negative side. You, you have the tendency to be negative. Maybe it's, maybe it's just your natural perception of life and you see everything as kind of a pessimistic mindset and everything's terrible and you're always wishing that there's just a, a little bit more and like you're like, man, if I could just get a girlfriend and like then life wouldn't suck so bad. And then you get a girlfriend, you're like, man, if I could just get married, then life wouldn't suck so bad. And then you get married and you're like, if I could just get kids and life wouldn't suck so bad. And then you're like, you get some kids and you're like, if I could just have somebody else's kids, because these kids suck. <laughs> you know, and you're like, 
like life is just terrible and, and, and that's how you see it. Or on the flip side, maybe you look around life and you're like, man, life is amazing. Like the glass is always half full. In fact, that negative person, you know what's amazing about them is they can find something negative in everything. And isn't that just great? You know, you're just positive about everything. Maybe you fall on, on, on that side. Or, or, or the, the third set of questions, worldly or eternal. Maybe you have this mindset where there just never seems to be enough in your life. You, you just can't get everything that you need. You're always wanting more. You always need a bigger house or a faster car. Or you need more things. You're a material girl living in a material world. And so you need more bling. You need more ring. You just need it all. And you need that set of friends and this set of friends. And you're constantly bombarded by bigger, better, faster, stronger. All of that stuff. Or you're on the flip side of that and you think of life as eternal and you're constantly going, man, how can I give more to God? How can I serve God more? How can I win more people to Jesus? My life isn't my own and I'm not living for what's on this side of heaven. I'm living for the eternal side of life and so I'm doing everything I can while I'm here to make sure I'm populating there and my life is focused on that. And just rate yourself. Just be honest with yourself. Where do you fall on those scales? Now, if we're honest, probably none of us in here rated out as a 10 across the board. And so, if you didn't rate out a 10 across the board in every single level, then this message is probably for you. Like, you probably need to hear some of the truths that are in this message today because I believe that we live in a cultural, culture that's constantly embedding us with fear and propaganda. Every time you turn on the news, radio, or media, you, all you're seeing is, is the crisis in the world and how the world is terrible and how there is no hope. And it really impacts you nothing because you have no idea what's going on in the Middle East, but that's all they talk about all day long trying to instill fear in your life or you go and you watch TV commercials and, and what, are, or what are the TV commercials constantly telling us? You need more. Like even though you have a car that runs, you need to go buy a new car. Even though you have that house, you need a bigger house. You need more in your life. And it's telling us, man, don't live for things that are eternal, but live for things that are right now, right here, right in this place. You, you watch any TV show. What, are, what, is, what is the humor in TV? It's all self, self-depreciating, isn't it? And it's making fun of other people when it's constantly being negative because that's what's funny. And our culture is constantly bombarding us with this kind of thinking. And so we've got to realize that there's got to be a different way of thinking. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He says, listen, you might live in this world, but you don't have to act like everybody in this world. You don't have to give in to what they're doing because they'll lead you to the wrong side of how you process thoughts. He says, but, says don't conform to the pattern of this world, but transform, but let God transform you into a new person. He's saying, listen, there's an opportunity that you can be completely different this year. You don't have to be the same old person you've always been. There is an opportunity that this year can be different than any other year if you'll do something here. How does he transform you? By changing the way you think. He says, by changing your thoughts and by changing your perspective, all of a sudden, I can change the direction of your life. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So how do we get a plan? How do you and I radically shift the way we think and the way we process the thoughts that are coming into our mind? How do we get into the mindset of of allowing ourselves to be transformed daily by what God wants to do inside of us so we can be the new creation, so we can be the person that he wants you and I to become? And I think that that it's really... um, 
dives into this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I believe that there's three principles there that if we'll apply these principles will radically transform the way you and I think about things in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And here we have a practical God to manage our thought life. And if we're going to manage our thought life, the first thing we have to do is we have to realize that we are in a war for control of our thoughts. That there is a war that is going on for control of our thoughts. The passage says that though we are in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. Like we're not fighting a battle with tanks and missiles and airplanes and aircraft carriers. That's not the war that we're fighting. There's a totally different war that is taking place. And, and, and a lot of us, we're in a battle that we don't even realize we're in. A lot of us are in a fight that is the greatest fight of our life that we don't even know we're in the ring with right now. How many of y'all have ever been in a fight and you didn't even know you were in a fight? Anybody out there? Like, yeah, every husband should be raising their hand right now. You've all been in a fight you didn't know you were in a fight with. Come on now. Every guy, you've been there, yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about that kind of fight though. I'm talking like a fist fight. Like, like you're in a physical battle with somebody and you didn't even know you were fighting. I, I remember uh, when I was uh, right about 16 years old, I was a sophomore in high school, um, we were playing in, in a Hoop It Up three-on-three basketball tournament. Hoop It Up used to be big in the day. Back in the day, it was a big three-on-three tournament, and they'd go all over the country, and they would do these tournaments, and there was a tournament in Fort Myers. Um, I, I grew up part of my life in Fort Myers, and I went to a high school there called Bishop Vero, big Catholic high school. And... Um, I played AAU basketball growing up, and I played with some guys that went to Fort Myers High School. And so, some of us, we teamed up together to form a team, and, and we were just dominating the, this uh, Hoop It Up tournament. We got to the final game, and we were playing a whole bunch of kids from the Naples area that went to Estero High School. And um, I, I hated Estero kids. They were snobs. Uh, they would have probably said the same thing about me. And Fort Myers people hated Estero people. And so, there was all this tension uh, going on, and because it was the the... 16 and unders, like we had a ton of people around and so like people are getting pretty angry. People are talking about people's mothers and stuff and it never goes well when you start talking about somebody's mom. And and so we're playing the basketball game. We're up um, and and we're one point away from winning this three-on-three tournament, going to national um, tournament that's that's held in Colorado. And so um, I I had the ball for our team and I went baseline and I went up with my left hand and I scored. And and when we scored, we, we won the tournament. So we started celebrating. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like when you win, you celebrate. You don't, you don't like look around and just bask in the glory. Like you just start celebrating. And so we're all jumping around, hugging on each other, like going crazy. And what we fail to realize is that a riot has broken out around us. Like literally, there are 40 or 50 people fighting all around us. And I didn't realize that we were in a fight until I got jacked up in the back of the head about five times. And uh, I didn't know I was fighting until my face hit the ground because I got punched so many times so fast. And, and this is what I know is that when you're in a fight that you don't know you're in, what happens to you most of the time? 
You get knocked out, you get beat up. Well, I, I learned that if you're crazy, you don't necessarily. Like, you, you might take some punches, but I'm crazy. And so I remember I turned around, like my face was bloody. I turned around and I grabbed this dude that was, that was trying to nail on me. And I grabbed him and I scratched his face. I went all girl fight on him. Like, I didn't even care. Like... <laughs> And I pulled him down, pulled his face into the concrete, and then I just started wailing on him. I was like taking off my shoe, hitting him upside. I don't care. When you're in a fight, you do whatever it takes to win, don't you? You don't let people pound on you. You beat the crap out of everybody. Well, at least that's what I do. I wasn't a Christian then, okay? So give me some grace. Grace. But here's the deal. A lot of us, we're in a battle, and we're getting our butt whooped, and we don't even know we're in it. We're getting pounded. We're on the ground. They're curbing us. They're stomping us. And we're not even aware that there is this war going on. And he's waging this war not through a physical fight, but he's waging it through our thoughts. He's waging it through our mind. Ephesians 6 Verses 10 through th says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We started this series with a verse out of Zechariah that says, uh, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not based on how disciplined you are or how good you are. It's based on how reliant we are on God. We got to be reliant on God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. While you might be fighting against your friends, you might be fighting against your neighbor, you might be fighting against your spouse or your child, the fight that we are in is not a fight with physical people, but it's against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You aren't fighting people, you're fighting against something that is bigger than that, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits of the heavenly places. And what I want you to know is that you're not just fighting a battle, you're fighting a battle against a strategic and very divisive enemy who's not alone and is not by himself and he's got an army with him and he is coming after you with everything he's got because he wants nothing more to get you off course in your life. That's his agenda. That's his MO. That's what he wants to see. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after battle, you'll still be standing firm. The good news is, is that there's a battle that is going on, but it can be won. And with the power of Christ that work within you, you don't have to succumb to the thoughts of this world, but you can overcome them by the power of God working inside of us. And he has equipped us and armed us with everything that we need, but we just need to know that we're going to battle. That we're in a war. Because the devil's number one tactic in your life is deception. That's who the devil is. The Bible said that Jesus said, he said, the devil is the father of lies. And everything that comes out of him is a lie. And this is a major thing that the devil still does today, is he's still lying to us. And the reason he's lying to us is because he doesn't have the power to defeat us. The only power he has is to deceive us. And the way he defeats us is by giving deception to us and us believing it. A lot of us, we want to blame God for our circumstances. We want to blame the devil for things. No, 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 no. He just puts a thought there. We run with it. Some of that just jacked up some of y'all's theology. Like, this is all the devil's. No, 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 no. You're responsible for what you do with those thoughts. 
And his goal was to deceive you so that you believe the lie. And he knows that if he can give you enough wrong thoughts and you start buying into those, pretty soon you'll be way off track in life and you'll be like, how the heck did I end up over here? Well, it's because, because you've been li living and believing a lie. And those actions will ultimately destroy your life. So how do we overcome those lies? How do we overcome that deception? How do we break through that? And it goes back to the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. When we think of the word strongholds, we think of like angels and demons up in the air like fighting each other like, ah, oh, man, they're going after that. But let me tell you where most spiritual warfare is taking place isn't somewhere up in the heavenlies. It's right here between your ears. It's right here in your mind. And there is a war that is raging and that is going on. And there are strongholds that are there. It says we can demolish those strongholds. And if you were to look up the Greek of what that word strongholds means, this is what it means. It says, it's a prisoner who is locked in by deception. So anyone who ha is a prisoner, who, so anyone who has strongholds is locked up by their own lies that they've believed. puts a lot of responsibility on us, doesn't it? The things that have bound me up, the things that I'm struggling with in life, most of the times I'll put those chains on myself and go, how did I get in these? So how do we break through those? How do we take action against this? It's pretty simple. We take every thought captive. We gotta take every thought captive. Remember that the text says that we don't fight with the way the world fights. But we demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. We take captive every thought. And so when we're deceived, it's because we've bought into the laws of the enemy. Because we haven't taken those thoughts captive. And a lot of times that's what's keeping us from getting the truth of God. In fact, um, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, the devil, who, the devil who rules this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. So if you're, if, if, when you didn't believe in God, you were blinded by the lies that Satan was feeding you. And the reality is, is before we knew Christ, a lot of us, the reason we didn't believe in God is because we thought to ourselves, man, because we, we've been told God doesn't love me. God wouldn't understand my circumstances. I don't even know if God's real. And, and, and we started hearing all these things. And, and God, all he does is judge and condemn. Like he isn't about, he's about a whole bunch of rules and not a relationship. And we hear all this stuff and we start buying into those laws. But all of a sudden, when Jesus comes into the picture and we hear the truth about Jesus, all of a sudden, we have something to to evaluate that lie and that truth within. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And what happens is, is when you get some truth next to a lie, that lie all of a sudden starts to become real, real clear. And a lot of us, what the problem is, is, is these thoughts are coming in our mind and we're just buying into them hook, line, and sinker without ever going and, and looking at them through the truth of God. And we have this battle that's raging within us that is this battle for our thoughts and, and we're going around. We just keep falling into deception after deception after deception because that's the only thing we're judging our life based on. And we can follow our thoughts, but our thoughts lead us to wild and irrational things. 
I know every time I'm on on I-95, I get wild and irrational thoughts. Anybody else out there with me? Like, my, my biggest problems in life have to deal with driving. Like, if driving was off the table, I would be such a better Christ follower. I'm just telling you that right now. There would be so much less sin in my life because when I get on the road, especially I-95, it just drives me nuts. Like, I'm like, I-95, you are to go 70 miles an hour, and if you're not going 70, get off I-95. Can I get an amen? amen. Or faster. Let me just, even though that's breaking the law. See, that, that, I'm a sinner. I'm just, golly, binding the lie. And, uh, and so I'll go out there, and, and we'll be driving, and we're going 70, and all of a sudden, we come to a complete stop. Anybody ever been there? And if you sit there long enough, you start thinking crazy thoughts like, man, if I just lay on the horn of my Prius, like, I will intimidate some people out of the way. <laughs> Get out of my way. Prius coming through. Hybrid. It's intimidating. My favorite, though, this is my favorite, just, just personally, like, I just, like, I just want to go, who's the rubbernecker up there? Like, listen, they're going to stop, like, looking over there, dangling at the, whoever's pulled over on the side of the road. I don't care about that. I'm just going to ram into the back of these. I'm going to push everybody past that joker. Come on, anybody else ever thought that? Like, I'll just run them over. And, and then I start thinking, well, I like my Prius, so I better go buy a junker, and I'm going to come back out here, and I'm just going to ram people, and I'm going to give, I'm going to make my way to wherever I'm going. And then when that thing breaks, I'll just jump out and run away. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You know you have wild, irrational thoughts. You know you're at the office, and you hit uh, something to print at the copier, and it isn't coming out right. You just think to yourself, if I could just pick this thing up and throw it through the second floor window, I wonder what would happen. Well, anybody care? I just want to kick this thing and, like, punt it. You have those crazy thoughts. I know you do. Anytime we start dwelling on them, they start going wild and irrational really, really fast. What happens? Maybe you're not having those thoughts, but you're, you're, you're giving into some other thoughts. Maybe it's, man, I'm depressed, and man, just nobody cares. Nobody really cares what's going on in my life, and, and they, wouldn't, they wouldn't care if I, just, if I just drank myself into oblivion or, or if I just smoked myself into oblivion, and, and, and you know, nobody would really care if I just did one more click. It's not really going to hurt. I mean, what's a, a little bit uh, of porn isn't that bad. I mean, it's not like I'm addicted. I could go away at any time, but what's one more click? And, and we start buying into these lies. We say, what's, what's just a little bit more, and, and nobody cares, and all of these things, and And if you follow your thoughts long enough, I'm just telling you right now, you follow those wild and irrational thoughts long enough, eventually you will end up on the evening news. Pastor runs into cars on I-95 and tries to run away. Cops track him down. He's locked up. Hello. So we have to be vigilant. Take every thought captive. And understand where those thoughts are coming from, and where they're going to lead us in life. So we can follow the right ones and get rid of the, the wrong ones. And so what is the litmus test for that? Like, how do we judge what's, what's good and what's bad? How do we judge that? It says we take every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. We're going to make every thought obedient to Christ. Realize that we're in this war realize that there's these thoughts that are coming our way and this battle is happening and we have to grab every single one of those and we have to go, does this line up against the truth of God's word? We've got to decipher what's trash coming at us and what is truth going to live inside of us. 
And that's exactly what God's Word does, is it helps us decipher which one of those it is. Philippians 4, 7 and 8 says this, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal for all of us is that, man, we'd be able to judge these thoughts and we'd go, man, I'll have complete peace again with that. Because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is always peace. That's one of the attributes of God. This is what I know about the devil. Like, he, he, he doesn't bring peace to your life. He brings chaos and confusion. So how do we know that we have that? How do we know if those thoughts are bringing us to that? Here's the litmus test. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lowly, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we have to take the step back and go, man, does this, does this align with what God says? Because the enemy is constantly bombarding us with thoughts of, like, you're never going to be good enough. Nobody's ever going to like you. They'll never forgive you. You'll never be enough in life. You're never going to have enough to pay your bills. Like, you're always going to be in need. You're, you're, like, you're always going to be in harm's way. Nothing is ever going to protect you. And you're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that my God will never leave me or will he forsake me. So I'm not going to be alone because my God is always here. It says that though a thousand may come to fight and ten thousand may come against me, that God is right there by my side and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe that stuff. And, and I know that I might be broke, but it says, man, if I trust God and I work hard, that he'll provide food for my table. And then if I give him the first of my, of what I earned, that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And so I don't care what you said because I believe what God says. And I'm going to get some truth in my life and I'm going to stop believing the lies. See, and the problem is, is, is that most of us, we don't have enough word in us to come up against the loss. I want to go like T.D. Jake's preacher on you right now, but I don't think I can do that. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> get ready, get ready, get ready. You know, I'll just, <laughs> I can just, <laughs> I need like a four-piece suit on right now. <laughs> And a sweat rag. <laughs> every time, every time the devil in, in, introduces some fear, some doubt, some anxiety in your life, you need to go and say, no, 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 no. It's not what God says about me. If we'll start judging those things based on what God, God's truth is for our life and we'll start getting our thought life right, I believe that we can have the best year we could ever have individually, in our relationships with God, in our careers, in our, in, in our community, in our church, that we can be absolutely different than we've ever been. Because I believe that it's the small things that no one sees that create the big things that everyone wants. And I believe that God is trying to do a work in your life this year. And so I'm going to challenge you to, to do some more homework Get your word. Get your scripture. Figure out what that main thought for this year is for your life. What is that thought? What is that going to be that thing that I'm going to dwell on, that I'm going to make the foundation of this year? I believe that if we can get a foundation with Christ as that solid rock on which we stand, we can build anything we want in our life, and it will never crumble. I know for me, I, I, I got this, this thought that, um, when I was in this time as I was preparing. Is, is my thought for this year is this season is coming to an end. 
I have no idea what that means, but that's, that's God like clearly spoke that to me. I believe that if you seek God, he'll, he'll show up in your life. I have no idea what that means. And I was like, God, can you help me understand this? And, and I was reading in, at, at the end of our 21-day fast, and I was reading in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2. Uh, God is talking to Joshua right after Moses has died. They've spent 40 years in a desert just circling around. Kind of feels like some of our lives. We've just been circling this earth over and over and over again, and we got this promise from God, and we're waiting for that promise to come to pass, and, and there needs to be some transition. There needs to be some change. There needs to be in a season that ends, and, and I really felt like the Lord said, he says in that verse 2, he says, man, everywhere you put your foot, this is what he says to Joshua, I'm giving you that place, and I really felt like God was saying that to me personally. I believe that God was saying that for us as a church. Like, everywhere we step this year, we are taking ground. The old is gone. There's a new thing that's coming along, and that's what happened in the past. That season is over, and I'm bringing you into a new season. It's time for you to take some ground. It's time for you to stand on the truth that I've given you. It's time for you to stand on the promises that I've put in your life. And for some of you, you need to get some truth in your life. You need to get some promises in your life. You need to get a word from God because a word from God will absolutely transform every single thing you do. It'll transform the way you talk. It'll transform the way you walk. It'll transform the way you parent. It'll transform every aspect of your life. It's time for some of us to change a small thing that will transform everything. Come on, somebody. We're about to have church in here. But it's all key on verse out of Zechariah. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by God's spirit. You can't just discipline your way there. You've got to rely and trust fully in him. Maybe for some of you, you've heard a lot about God heard about a, a lot about rules and religion, but you've never heard of a relationship. It says, man, you can continue to work your plan. You can work your way. And that's worked to some degree, but you keep hitting some barriers. You keep hitting some walls. And you're like, man, I just can't seem to break through with that because you can't do it on your own. You can only do it through his spirit. And maybe today is the day you need to give your life to him. You need to say, God, today's the day I'm going to surrender. I'm not going to live for myself and my ways, but I'm going to trust fully in you. And I'm not going to do it by my might or my power or my gifts or my abilities or my skills, but I'm going to do it by relying on you and trusting in you and sticking to your truth. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you here today. And I know it's so easy for, for all of us to rely on what we want and what we think, but God, I pray that this year that, that we would put our our faith and our trust fully in you, God, that we would seek you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, God, that we wouldn't just go through life living aimlessly, but we would get a word from your word, that we would get a word from you that would absolutely transform every single aspect of what we do. And maybe for some of us, that word today is surrender. We need to give our life to you. We need to recognize that there's this thing in our life called sin, and it's been holding us back, and that you sent your son 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus, and he lived a sinless life. He paid a sinner's death on the cross, and he died. Three days later, he rose again so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. And today, maybe you need to give your life to him, and all you got to do is say, God, man, I give you everything. I realize that I'm a screw-up, but I'm a mess-up. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Transform me. Renew my mind. Give me thoughts that are your thoughts. Give me ways that are your ways. God, as I accept Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, 
God, I, pro- God, I ask that you would set me in the right direction, God. That I would be guided by the truth of you, God. And that that would give and let me lead the life that you've always designed for me. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.